Before we get to today's show, let me tell you about HubSpot. Finding a service solution that helps you keep your customers happy can feel impossible. Like try to remember the name of that guy you literally just met at the networking event. HubSpot's all new service hub can help. It brings together service and success together on one platform. With AI-powered help desk and chatbots to handle your frontline support tickets. So you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Marketing Against the Grain, your podcast, marketing, entrepreneurship, growth, and oh, all the things we love on the internet. I am your host, as always, Kit Bodner, and <laughs> I have a special intro today. Uh, I'm going to try to get this intro right. It's, it's so good. There's a lot of pressure on this. For, it's a proper intro for my co-host. Okay, let's do this. If you say PLG one more time. <laughs> oh, no, I got the, I, can't, I can't get the song right. You know exactly what I'm doing. I'm like so obsessed with this song, Crypto Boy. The Crypto Boy. I don't care about your crypto boy. Crypto Boy song is so good. And I've, I've made a verse for you. You've got a PLG version. Oh, let's go. Or the verse for you is... If you say PLG one more time, <laughs> he's going to guarantee that your onboarding's not right. <laughs> he's the one. He's the only. He's Kieran Flanagan. He loves PLG. <laughs> do you love Crypto Boy as much as I do? I have listened to and watched Crypto Boy literally a hundred times. I have times. seen the internet. I watched it. I don't think I'm as crazy as you. I know Paki, who is the not born, loves it. I love it. There's big crew loving it. Uh, I think it's cool. I don't know. Maybe it hits too close to home. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's one of those things that make you happy about the internet. The internet should exist for this reason, right? To make fun songs when markets are melting down and people are feeling frustrated. Uh, This is the whole purpose of the internet. That is the best part of it. Here I have. I got a long list of stuff. Do you want to go first? Where, where are you at? Let's play Guess the Brand. Oh, Guess the Brand. Let's do that. I love that. Yeah, let's see if you can do this. Okay, who do you think this is? They're a brand with a superior product for a certain price point. And because of that, they don't really need to carry any favor with customers. So when we think about world-class brands, we think about world-class brands that customers love. This is a, I would call it a world-class brand that their customers despise. Who do you think I'm talking about? A world-class brand that customers despise because they have tons of pricing power, I assume. They have tons of pricing power. Their whole entire brand is really around price. Uh, Walmart. Not close. It is Ryanair. Oh, Ryanair. Oh, yeah. There's some There's some things happening. What's going on with Ryanair? Ryanair is a, an, an incredible brand. Like If you actually go to Trustpilot, it is. Ryanair have one and a half stars out of five. People hate them. They were, <laughs> they, were, they were voted as the fourth most hated brand in the UK. Let me tell you who was the three above them. UKIP, which is the brand that brought you Brexit, <laughs> Tories, and Marmite. <laughs> People really hate <laughs> People really hate Marmite. The bar is low. The bar is low. The reason I'm bringing them up, actually, there's two things I wanted to talk to you about. First of they do great advertising so they had this killer ad that a lot of people were referencing on twitter over the weekend where they had the side-by-side picture Mm -hmm. before and after and they had crypto bros yesterday and it was a guy flying in a private jet i'm pretty sure it's a tinder swindler if anyone's seen that i don't know if they can actually use (laughs) i think it is yeah and then afterwards they had the crypto bros today flying in reiner they also tagged this really famous bitcoiner who some months ago said i'm never ever 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 flying reiner and they must have just kept that tweet and they retweeted it over the weekend and said, welcome back, when are you flying again? So they, they were full-on troll of the crypto community. They would, would brilliant and timely advertise and like plug it into a current event. The thing I wanted to ask you is, 
We talk a lot about brand on this show as being something that is like lovable, emotional. Like, how do I connect with my audience? Yeah. That is not Ryanair. Ryanair do have an amazing brand because they keep it very focused on their value prop, but they troll their customers. They are they never bend because of their customers. How do you think about that? Well, first of all, is this the most egregious example of brand trolling that we've ever seen? I think it's up there. I think Ryanair and there's another company that's called Paddy Power. I think two of them are amazing at trolling yeah. with ads. Well, what's interesting, we always associate brand with positivity and humor and levity and all those things, which, which is good and important. But there's actually a foundational layer below that, which is authenticity. Mm. If you talk to any expert in brand marketing, they'll tell you if you aren't authentic to who your company is and how you operate and how you treat your customers and everything for your brand, nobody will believe what you say about your brand. Anything about your brand has to be rooted in that layer of authenticity. And what we're saying is actually Ryanair is nailing authenticity. Right. Like they know exactly who they are and they are just leaning the hell into being this authentic version of themselves. And they're like, look, yeah, we're not the nicest. We're not the easiest person here. The thing that we talk a lot about is if you think about, let's go with full marketing textbook. I never studied marketing. <laughs> the most famous thing of marketing that's taught is the four P's. Yep. Product, place, price and promotion. I think a lot of what we talk about is the product or the place. What Ryan here have really nailed is price and promotion. So they are very focused on being the lowest cost, the lowest cost airline for that segment of users. And they never deviate from that in any of their brand advertising or anything like that. They never deviate from that. And all the choices they make as a business, they never deviate from that. Even when there is overwhelmingly negative customer feedback about all of the things customers have to go through to fly Ryanair, they never deviate from their core USP. They never deviate from their core brand position. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, actually, when you look at the data... 97% of people who fly Ryanair said they will fly them again. So when we think about customer loyalty... They're super loyal. Yeah, super loyal, hate the brand, love the price. They have the perfect balance between misery and price, where yes. the advantages of price actually outweighs how miserable people are in flying them. So I think they're a really interesting counter example of a brand. We usually talk about brand, I think, at the opposite end of the scale. How do I create a really yeah. large tribe who love my brand? This is a brand that actually do something a little bit different. They create a huge loyal brand around their pricing and their product is laser focused and always ensuring that they are the lowest cost for their customers. I said my part of the podcast is kind of brought to you by Packy McCormick. Packy writes a newsletter called Not Boring and he publishes two long form newsletter posts a week via email. And Kieran, I don't know if you saw Packy's post today, but I think it's really worth talking about because I thought it was one exceptionally good and very relevant to everybody listening. He wrote a post today called Newton's Alchemy, and it was he used this example of Isaac Newton, who we think of as the father of physics, right? This like hyper-rational, hyper-logical human being. Well, Isaac Newton was also obsessed with alchemy, this idea of turning this material into gold, you know, like this, like what seems impossible mythical thing. And so how can somebody that's so rational that could come up with the idea of gravity, all of those things, how can they also do something so seemingly irrational? And what's interesting is that one of the points I thought was salient about this is like, if it wasn't for what Isaac Newton did, that was the precursor to chemistry. Mm. It wasn't about alchemy. It was that alchemy and the ideas of that starts down the path of how you start learning about chemistry. And 
if Isaac Newton hadn't spent that time, then the early pioneers of chemistry would have had to go and dedicate that time, and we would have been like elongated. And it's a way to say that like irrationality and failure is often very looked down upon in the moment, but long term has a massive positive impact on our society. And what I think is funny is that we're in that moment as a society right now with markets having difficulty like we talked about like the luna coin the us tether ust and and luna crash and everything those were fundamentally bad flawed ideas from the start but the aspiration of those ideas will allow us to get to new solutions in the future which i one love and two it's like can we not villainize these things and realize that they're actually very important yes it stinks that everybody loses money and took bets and we're overly greedy and speculative on some of these things that's horrible But at the same time, we have to realize that progress and learning essentially comes from failure. And so when I get this back to marketing, I think about the work you and I have done together, Kieran. I feel like we have been way more successful coming off failures than coming off successes. Right. We have learned fundamentally what we have failed at. When you fail, you get a crystal clear understanding of why, why it didn't work. Sometimes when you succeed, you actually don't know why you succeed. You just know that the thing worked, but maybe you don't know exactly why it worked. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. And I think this is an example of if you're a marketer, if you're a business leader, and you don't have enough failure in the business or in this marketing strategy, then you're not learning enough. And you have to celebrate failure in a much different way than success. I think we all under-celebrate failure, myself included. And I think that kind of goes into the rationality and how it really destroys a lot of the way we think about marketing, we think about growing our business. Do you agree with Packy's thesis around this idea of doing speculative, irrational things to like pioneer and learn and do new things? I think one of the things you mentioned is sometimes it's just as important to have the clarity of thought to salt something that no one has thought to salt before mm-hmm. and that you may fail to do that, but you usher in a new wave of people who look at that problem. So maybe you are the one to clarify the problem, why it's a problem worth solving and have a couple of attempts and someone else is the person to actually solve that problem. I think there's actually science behind the fact that you internalize failures and the learnings from failures much, much more than you actually internalize why you succeeded something. Yes. I also think you need to be part rational, part irrational to have thoughts that are differentiated from everyone else. Yes. Again, this is how do you not end up in the middle. And if you end up in the middle, how do you ever separate or differentiate yourself from everyone else? You have to be irrational somewhere to be able to learn how I can actually excel in something, be different in something, have a, you know unreasonable goal in something that I actually can go to achieve. So I think that's really good. Like as a marketer, again, we've talked about this marketing is more and more forced into the middle through data and iteration. And I think it's harder to be irrational about anything because we have to ground that irrationality within data. And it's a special kind of company and a special kind of founder who gets it and will give a marketer or a marketing leader the kind of landscape to have irrational and big thoughts and try things that may fail. But if you actually excel at them and learn about how to do those things, will likely differentiate you and help you to win within that market. Completely agree. Cool. All right. One quick thing I thought I would just give our listeners really tangible way how you can get free press, but actually show the use case and the functionality of your products. 
So Rand Fishkin, who's the phenomenal marketer, former founder of SEO Moz, now founder of SparkToto. So Rand used to have a tool called FollowerOnk. I think it's a separate tool now that could actually do deep dive analysis on Twitter. So obviously there's this big conversation. Elon was going to buy Twitter. Now he's like, hey, I don't know. Twitter has all of these bots. I want to go and check 100 <laughs> random followers or 100 random accounts. AKA, I want to buy Twitter for less. I want to buy Twitter yes. for less. And how do I get out of the contract <laughs> I agreed to? Yeah, totally. So Rand actually pulled together a really great post over the weekend using SparkToro and FollowerOnk to look at hypothetically how many accounts within Twitter are truly spam accounts. Like they had some really great mm -hmm. data points where they showed that Elon Musk has around 98 million followers, about 26 million of those are active. And a high percentage of those actually, maybe 70% overall, look like they're spam accounts or inactive or actually would not mm -hmm. see his tweets. Overall, they think there's about 20% of the accounts within Twitter using their kind of analysis and using the segment that they did that test on is spam accounts, which is far higher than I think what Twitter report, which it's is a lot. 5%. But obviously, Twitter have some very different way, I would say, of determining what is spam versus an external provider around. But coming back to the marketing lesson here, what a great way to plug your product into a ongoing conversation that people are having. Yes. And at the same time, show how your product can actually get to these answers and how it can actually solve problems for people. So I thought that was Really incredible work from Rand and the and the team at SparkToto. I love that shout out. First of all, Rand's amazing. Shout out to Rand. You know, he did what I think years ago, David Meerman Scott, our friend and author, wrote a book called Newsjacking. And that's what, what this is, right? You take right. some topic in the news and how do you attach your brand and your point of view to it? And it's this awesome idea of, well, there's this conversation in the zeitgeist that people are debating. And I actually have real information about it. Right. Why don't I go and provide data and substance and like come into this and interject myself into this conversation and bring relevancy for my company, for myself into this? And I think that's a, like amazing example. And I think people can do that right. all the time. You know, like even with the with the Crypto Boy song we talked about at the opener, there are brands and stuff already partnering with the woman who wrote that to do collaborations, do different things, right? And I think you're going to see more and more of that as we move to a culture of, right. you know, business pop culture where everybody is is kind of working together and, and creating this kind of shared zeitgeist, shared yeah, experience. Yeah, I agree. Lots of opportunities for brands to be more creative in how they actually plug into current topics in the internet culture. The culture of the internet. Well, the culture of the internet has now become right. a culture, which is the important thing for everybody to, to listen. It used to be the culture of the internet, and then there was kind of mm. offline culture. And yep. those, things have, those things have kind of fundamentally merged, and I think it's important for everybody to understand that. Cool. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Marketing Against the Grain, and we'll be back with you very, very soon.